Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Provincial State of Mind with myself, Owen Harrison, Jeff Neville and Tom Savage. This is a podcast focused on all four Irish provincial sides about the URC, European competitions. We discuss what happened the previous weekend, what we can expect from each province's upcoming games, as well as any major off-field news. So we'll start, I suppose, with our normal, what happened this week. Tom, what have you been up to? Um, Nothing. I, I blew uh, a little video bit that I was supposed to be doing this morning with the IRFU. Um, where it was being it was being pre-recorded, thankfully, but I just had one of those moments where I'm not sure if 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 you've done this, where and like typically if I'm recording my own podcast, I just edit this out, but this was close run and it had to go pretty quickly, so I basically started doing this right. I was talking away about kicking, which, you know, which I love to do. I was talking about kicking, and uh, I started going well, and 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 uh, and uh, 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 like literally to that level. And I was just like, sorry, can can we can we stop that <laughs> and go again? That's how fucking bad it was. Like and I, I typically doesn't happen, but I was just like, oh my god, if th- if this goes out as is, I'm just gonna look like a fucking moron. And thankfully more of a moron. Yeah. More of a moron than normal. And like and thankfully they didn't. But then it's on YouTube, right? So um my girlfriend's uh ne- niece and nephew were over and they they love YouTube. So it's just like You'll never guess what I saw on YouTube today. And they were just like, what? And I happened to be wearing the exact same clothes as I was wearing when I recorded the video thing. So I put it on and they were just like, oh, my God. You're on YouTube? As if they're like, as if it wasn't the lowest fucking barrier ever. <laughs> you can literally upload yourself on there. But they were so impressed. And it got me a load of cred. And it's just like, man, I'm, you know, I'm old when I'm saying cred. But like, but that was particularly impressive. How impressed they were that my big fat head was on the TV on YouTube. I was pretty impressed. Other than that, I did nothing. Nothing. Not, not even no swimming, no nothing. Oh, so with regards to the swimming, I know people are very interested in the swimming. I thought um, we, I thought we got away with this week with the swimming. Oh yeah, no. Well, what what happened this week is I managed to go two thirds of the way up the pool. I still can't breathe and swim at the same time, so I have to stop and breathe. Um, but I'm getting quicker and I'm going further. So I'm becoming quite an accomplished swimmer. I'm at this stage now where I'd be fairly comfortable. You could drop me into a pool I don't know and I wouldn't drown. So the water you swim in is water you've always met before, is it? It's you know, it's 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 familiar. It's the like it's the 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 depth of it is familiar. So it's like it's 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 shallow enough. Like it's, it's a bit off, it's a small bit off a kid's pool, right? But with the other pool, because we, we were on holidays and I went to, um, we went to the pool up in Galway and I was just like, I get in straight away and it's like, oh wait, this is much deeper. You know that pool on the pool in Galway? Peel, pool in oh, Galway. The, 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 pool that's in <laughs> the Galway. only it pool they a, have, yeah. It was, in a, it was a hotel up in the, the Galmont, right? <laughs> this sounds like, already sounds like an ad, but it, it isn't. We had to pay them to go there. Um, I, I, I just I got to say, do we, do we need to put this down as well? Yeah. <laughs> hashtag, hashtag gift. Hashtag ad. You hear that swimming, um, swimming pools? You get to have Tom come swim in your pools if you, if you can buy him. <laughs> I got yeah, in as there. As long as they're not too like, deep. Like, yeah. If you're listening to this uh, like on the actual podcast, you won't see me doing this. But like the water was up to here. And I was just like, fuck, I'm not used to this. So I started to flail a small bit. But I managed to get over to a shallower end and it's just like baby steps. <laughs> I've got to take it easy. I'm not at the level that an eight-year-old who's been swimming for a year might have got to. So we have road left to run. Well, I know there's a lot of people who've been looking for that update. <laughs> <laughs> the swimming the swimming updates are where the big money's at. It's just, it's just the, rugby shit. The rest of it's just filler. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's the money. <laughs> As the money shot. Jeff, what have you been up to? Um, nothing really, no. My my week has been very wild. Full of cold weather. We can't do anything. There's been no training. There's been um yeah, I was at a two year old's birthday party. That was fun. Um that's genuinely about the highlight of it, to be honest with you. I actually um I put my money where my mouth was last week with a friend of mine and we signed up for the Great Limerick Run in April. So uh, as soon as I signed up for it this overwhelming feeling of dread came over me and uh, I'm not I'm really not looking forward to that at all 
and uh, kind of regret my decision, but went for a coffee there yesterday and kind of went to get over it. I actually went for a coffee. There's a, <laughs> there's a place in Drogheda. I'd say I've been, I don't go to Drogheda that often, like, but I'd say I've been, I don't know, more than 10, fewer than 20 times. Do you know that kind of way? Like, I know it, but I wouldn't frequent it often. But Tom's coffee story last week got me thinking. Every time I've ever gone in there, I, the only reason I go in there is because my wife likes, uh, there's like a bun, like a French fancy bun that she likes in there. So I, I make it an effort to go in and get it. Um, I make the effort. What a good husband. But um, Look, go on, so we will. <laughs> as soon as I said it, I was like, yeah, I'm really good. But, um, no, but while I'm in there, I always get a coffee, like for the walk back to the car and whatever. Every single time, so let's say 15 times I've been there, every single time I've asked for a coffee in there, I've gotten a different coffee to what I've asked for. Even yesterday, I asked for an Americano, just it was freezing, just want a normal coffee, whatever, happy days to warm up. I walked out, took a sup, I think it was a latte or something. Honest to God, I won't be surprised if I go in there soon and they're just giving me tea. But it's a nice little place, so you know, you're happy to support it kind of a thing. But a little bit of me is like, all you have to do was just give me the coffee that you know like if an you, americano you, you actually jazz this up too much like i don't want to go in there jazz. they may actually give you a bulletproof coffee if you go there often enough <laughs> just be like a random lottery each they time. might see me coming and be like there's your man who orders a different coffee every time it's <laughs> like, no i'm not he's like give him give him a cup of gravy <laughs> <laughs> he looks like he's a fella from Limerick. Give him a cup that, of gravy. That that only, fool, only fools and horses when your man mixed up the Bisto with the Maxwell House, wasn't it? And he <laughs> poured it over there. Was it the Christmas dinner or something like that? He looks that fella now. That's a, that's a Limerick fella there. There's only one gravy I'll eat, sorry, and that's chicken hot gravy. And they don't sponsor us. So, you were know. you saying a fella that you know freezes that for Christmas? Freezes it for Christmas dinner, yeah. So it's, he's probably ordered it now. It's getting around that time, actually, isn't it? Yeah, he's probably going in now soon and getting a good chunk of it. And he'll freeze that that's, and he'll heat it up on Christmas dinner. That's half disgusting, to be fair. It is absolutely disgusting. Every little yeah. bit of it is actually rank. And if people are listening, they're like, oh, it's only gravy. Like, it's not. Like, chicken hot gravy, it's like a chunky... I don't know how it's to describe it. Like, unless gelatinous. you've had it... <laughs> like, unless you've had it, it's hard. To, it's thick, like, it's... It's not like a pouring gravy. It's uh, you could eat it with a fork. I think that's fair to say. And 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 I have. Oh, and you would. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, he saves it for Christmas dinner. So uh, if you're listening, John John C says here in the chat thing, he said it's cement like. Yeah, that's probably it is. Like, yeah, it is yeah, a yeah, bit. Yeah. That's yeah. a nice way of putting it. Yeah, a bit like wet plaster. Um, but it's it's so delicious. I'm not selling it here at all. But like, if you've ever had it once, you'll never go back. Well, honestly, like looking at that frozen, I can't imagine anything that looks worse. Yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be rank. That's absolutely fair. Yeah. But then you taste it and that's it. You feel like you've completed life. Oh, I forgot to tell you, we we went for a scan for the baby, right? And the baby currently has more hair in his head than I do. Face and all like, that. <laughs> yes. like what is that? What is that kind of a beard? <laughs> a big beard and a little bit of a mohawk down the back. Yeah, they were just like, where they, where they forgot to shave. Yeah, we were looking at the scan because, like, we're at the stage now where where the likes of me aren't allowed in. So I was looking at the the, the scan afterwards, and it's just like, what the fuck is that? What's that in the head? And uh, I was like, that's hair. It's like, my god, that child's gonna come up with more hair in his head than me. Fucking jealous, infuriating, actually. That you have fear it, fairness of it all. How's the Wolf of Wall Street over, Owen Harrison? I oh. am doing good. I'm doing good. I was, well, yeah. Well, when we're talking about Wolf of Wall Street stuff, I was out today. Yeah. There's, there's a There's a shot. <laughs> <laughs> Brought the staff out for a bit of lunch today. So. Paid for it yourself, did you? <laughs> no, no, that, that goes. He, did, he didn't his eye, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Money bags. Yeah. <laughs> you don't, we've actually so, we've got to go out and try and get a fucking lunch with Owen. Oh, I can't believe we haven't got one yet. Like it's ridiculous. Yeah, we, we were at, we were at Parky Queeve, and there was he didn't even didn't even, didn't even buy me, didn't even buy us a battered sausage. Nothing. And he, he didn't even pull out like the T D C, the debit card that he has the with the expenses on it. Just whack it out there. Nothing. He went to check the time at one stage, but his wrist was too heavy from the massive Rolex hanging huge, off. Huge, like huge. Lord. I, I think Owen's actually... I don't actually 14. wear watches. 
I think, yeah, yeah, I think he's the reason. I think he's Payne Snyman. I'm not too sure. <laughs> but that's what I've heard. <laughs> I'm I'm part of 1018. I have I. It was me that sort of had the thing against Johan Van Graan. Oh, <laughs> you put the run on Johan. I knew it. I did. <laughs> No, so apart from that, what was it? Oh, I was out on Friday night. I don't know what. Should we bleep that out? I don't know. <laughs> no. We should no, uh, fucking bleep that out. I might leave the, before uh, the, the, I don't know, <laughs> the cards just storm the house. I might actually just tip on. Oh, and the it feds are here the, for you. Uh, the federales are on the way. <laughs> we can't we can't put this out. I am 100 percent blanking that. Jesus Christ. No way. No way. The... Like I don't edit. I don't edit this podcast, but like I am actually uncomfortable. And as we're bleeping out this bit. And you had to say it on a live with like 40. <laughs> 50 euro we're telling the feds. Oh, it's all... oh I... get the debit That's card all, out. It's all kicking off. <laughs> Now we had our uh, what's called our um, celebration for the minor, minor championship win on uh, Friday night. So I managed to go drinking with the coaches afterwards. So got absolutely fucking. I don't drink too often, so I was pretty shook on Saturday morning. I think poor Tom was. Uh, I just want to move on. Let's <laughs> just. Shall we go to the rugby for the first time ever? Let's just move on. Nice. I'm actually I'm actually more purple than normal. <laughs> I think poor Jeff is more shocked than I was on Saturday morning with my hangover. Uh, I, I think I am as well. Yeah. yeah. I'm 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 running a draw on Friday. This Friday. When people are listening to this, I will be in a pub running a Christmas draw. And, and lads, goes, some of the, the winning numbers, the, is it? I did that last year. Yeah, it's so awkward, isn't it? It's so awkward and it's gonna happen again because like the prices this time are just ridiculous. Like there's a holiday, Portugal. Do well, I don't know why I'm saying this. To have a pool. They have loads of pools. <laughs> Surrounded by a big pool. Um, it's like, but I know for a fact that I'm going to win. Not because I'm fixing it, but because that's just what's going to happen. Where you're up there, if you're organizing it, it is without doubt. When it comes down to the big question, the big uh, prizes, you'll pull out of the hat. Tom Savage. And just like. <laughs> if, 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 if you do win, right? Random. Yeah. Your random chance. If you do win, would you keep the prize? Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't did, I did well. last year. Yeah. But like, <laughs> it was it a TV. Well, I'm oh, keeping yeah. that fucking TV. <laughs> and I tell you what, I'm actually, I forgot to mention, I'm actually in great form as well because last week you all took your predictions very seriously. Owen didn't get a single one right out of four. What? Not a single. This he is for, all. He fake. went for Did Newcastle. He, he went for Newcastle. He went for Munster. He went for Ulster and Racing. He didn't get a single one right. Now, Tom, before you get too smug, my man. I got. I got only got one right. I'd say if he one, one right. You got Connacht right. Whereas the guy who was already in the lead got three, so he's just pushing on here past. I actually don't see the point in even continuing this anymore. Now, I'm talking a lot of shit for someone who could be zero for four next week. <laughs> yeah. But, but, uh, just but the thing is, like, I, just I thought I'd flag that. That's all. It's because I desperately want Leinster to lose, you see. I'm just trying to manifest it <laughs> into reality. <laughs> so now I am on 36. Owen is still on 32. And Tom is now on 30. Okay. Well, look, it's like I'm, I'm, I'm coming back. My negativity, my constant negativity is going to pay off at some stage. <laughs> It'll be good for me in the end. Not bad for me. That's because how, how negativity typically works. It won't work on me like that. But I love what I want we, will come true. But I love is how serious Owen takes it. Like, I love how serious Owen takes it. And then Tom's just like, ah, fucking, I don't know. Shacks. Uh, Shacks. <laughs> it's like, it's like uh, who do I want to lose? It's like. Yeah, do you know, I'm going to say them. So if they lose, I'll be doubly happy. <laughs> People for just forget how biased and unpleasant I am. <laughs> Will we have a look at the rugby? Go on. Yeah, we will. Go, well go on, sure. We, we'll, we'll, we'll do it in chronological order from the from the weekend. We'll start with the, the Racing Leinster game. Uh, Ra, um, Racing 10, Leinster 42. 
very impressive win for Leinster in uh, Larve. They started pronouncing Larve. Um, it was a great one. It was a shocking. It was a shocking opening from Rassing. It was like, oh, what was it? The first, first two world. minutes. They had brutal. Three penalties conceded three in, two penalties. And a half, in two and a half minutes. We've already and lost. They, they some went of the guys. all the way from their own fight. They did. They lost some of the guys in the chat. Mean. They don't want to be here because we're talking rugby now. Yeah, I saw that too. I yeah. just, <laughs> just said I'd skip over it, <laughs> to be honest. Um, yeah, three penalties in two and a half minutes. And if you look at. Um, if you look at where the first one was conceded, they were probably lucky it wasn't a yellow card as well because it was a swinging arm. And I know the player was low, like, but it was a swinging arm into the hit and it definitely made head contact if you go back and watch it. like So that was the first penalty. Conceded the second one, was it off the line out for closing the gap or something like that? Uh, I think oh, it, was in, it was in from the side or something on the, some, on the, on the first anyway, mall. Yeah. Something stupid. Three uh, in the first two or three minutes. And then Leinster just literally the easiest entry into a 22 you'll ever see. Like All they had to do was kind of stand there and Rassing would just commit the penalty and allow them uh, field position. I'm Went surprised up, Rassing's head game. coach didn't try just waking himself up and just going to go, oh, phew. thank God that wasn't the start of the actual game. <laughs> because it, that would be a fucking nightmare. They had four penalties in six minutes. Like They were shocking. And I don't know um, what they were kind of thinking like, but given Leinster so much good field position, like Leinster had 25 lineouts in that game. And hit all of them. And Leinster have a very good lineout. And I know sometimes like the statistics might not show it, or Ulster probably get the plaudits for their mall, etc. But like Leinster's lineout, the way it works and everything like that is absolutely unbelievable. And to give them 25 lineouts, and especially when you think of how much the um the chats really throw me off. I'm not going to speak faster. Stop telling. Um, <laughs> they want this. Fucking Leinster a bit over and done. They're baying for blood here. <laughs> but like, when you think of how much possession, like time and possession you are, you have as a team, and then to suddenly give twenty five lineouts, like that's insane. So um, yeah, I don't know what Racing were thinking. For it's like if they had good. a bet. It's like a. It's a bet internally, as in, how badly can we lose to Leinster? Maybe we should have really bad discipline. <laughs> And maybe we should give them loads of lineouts and just not compete in them. <laughs> that would yeah, actually be if, if, if you if you had to come up with a game plan that would give Leinster the best chance of winning, it's literally give away penalties that they can kick into our twenty-two. That's literally all you have to do. And Racing gave them the fucking the absolute perfect game plan to, oh, be, it was to, be, to be beaten. It was unreal. Um, um, Gary then, Gary Rimmel then, was unbelievable. Then, well, that's it. I mean, like, the other thing is that, like, when uh, Racing got the yellow cards, it was at that point that Leinster really absolutely, you know, stuck the boot right in at that point and just took full advantage. The Like, the who was it? Um, Lowe's basketball pass for the ring rose try. You know, Racing it down a player. They're looking to exploit the space and the gaps created. It's the rook speed alone that Leinster were able to generate and their attack, the fluidity in it. Yeah, they, they hammered home and Leinster, Thomas talked about it an awful lot over the last few weeks, Leinster have narrowed their attack. But if you give Leinster a chance, they are, they're not going to let up. They're just going to continually beat the shit out of you. And Racing didn't have any bit of fight left in them. Uh, Patrick Cusack here actually asks in the chat, has there been a drop-off in Racing's attack since Mike Prendergast left? I think you were saying something similar to that the other day, Jeff. I wouldn't say there's been a huge drop off. I think if we're judging it off one game, and to be honest, with you, I haven't seen enough of Racing to be able to um to be able to answer that. So I don't want to say something and say not, but like where they were, I mean, and and plus as well, like literally nothing went right for them in this game. No, but if you look at Leinster as well, you look at the travel disruptions they had to get over. Like they had a, they had a long old day before, not as long as Ulster. Don't get me wrong, but I mean. We could probably get to Ulster in a little while, but like you look at the travel disruptions they had, even listening to Cullen pre-match, he was just so positive. Like he could have easily kind of turned around and been like, oh, 
you know, oh, we had disruption here and we'll just go out and do our best and blah, Rassing are a good team. But he was talking about positives. He was saying they had connect time. They were on the flight with parents and it was really, you know, a good mood and it's not something they often get to do, et cetera. Like there was so many positives. And then... You're probably, probably getting mileage as well, isn't he? Well, there's that, but <laughs> there, there's also the other side of the coin where Leinster averaged the quickest ruck speed of any team this weekend. And it doesn't take a genius to show that you're winning collisions constantly and putting the defense under pressure and taking away their time like Leinster absolutely drilled them and you couple that with Rassing's discipline that we spoke about already I mean there's only ever going to be one outcome in that situation like when you boil it down sometimes it can be a very simple game Leinster won all the collisions nice quick breakdown Rassing's discipline was very very poor and Leinster just took advantage of it for the whole game running six tries and really to be honest, which I put a statement down to say, like, you know, we might have got to the semi of the URC last year, lost the final of Europe as well, but like we're properly here to challenge again. And Jerome here says, uh, will Russell to La Rochelle cause Rassing a big problem? I if think... that happens, if that move happens, it, it, it's rumored that that Raj, um, your good friend Jeff, is um, looking to try and make a move to make make a move for Finn Russell and almost kind of I think move beyond uh, Halstoy or Hastoy, the guy they signed this year. Like would Rassing be better off without Finn Russell? I mean, he did had a neg- neg- negligible Im- impact on this game. Yeah, but like that that last try or well the last try the only try Rassing scored came from Russell. So like I mean, I, mean, I, I would say like Rassing got beaten up front. They, yeah. they get well for, first of all the discipline and secondly they got beaten up front what Russell had to play with there was, wasn't the best like you if you put him on front football he's going to do some amazing things I think if you flip it around and you ask the question more so not maybe in terms of Russell leaving what does Stuart Lancaster think of that like how big a job does he have next season now I'd he's, say he's, Stuart he's Lancaster's going, looking at that and say well <laughs> If every performance is like that, the only way is up. Really. Yeah, it's, also, it's, hey, it's fucking great stuff. But like, he's, like, he's like, right, so just make them concede 15 penalties instead of 45. Simple. You know, like it's an e- that's an easy fix straight away. But like, I mean, I don't think that Lancaster is the kind of coach that would be looking at that and thinking, you know, he can look at it next year. But right now, I'd say like Venster have Gloucester this weekend coming. I'd say he's just like Gloucester focused. And whatever the rest of the competition focus, I'd say it's not even a blip on his radar. Because, I mean, if every coach was looking at poor results from a team they were thinking of going to, Johan van Graan would have never gone to Bath. Looking here, sorry, yeah. now, there's a couple of guys here. Russell is Marmite. If everyone liked him, they'd point to the pack being bullied. As he's not broadly liked, people expect him to beat Leinster by himself. Hashtag Finn Sanity forever. It's from Quailon. S rugby zero zero. It's true. Like I, I think with Finn Russell, I think he's capable of such highlights in games that you know you either see something really really good from Finn Russell or something really really bad from Finn Russell. And I think he was kind of in the middle in this game. Um, right. His goal kicking though has been high level all season long, which is something I I don't typically associate with him. But I don't know. I think I think wouldn't be surprised if Racing actually spent the money to keep him on board if possible because. There's not a whole lot of top class tens out there. Well, they did spend money on him there before. Uh, do you remember he was linked to a Japanese team? Was it maybe two seasons ago, maybe? And I don't know the ins and outs, but obviously I don't know the the amounts. But I know Racing pushed to keep him at that stage as well, like, and he was happy to stay in Racing. But I agree with Owen. Like, you can talk about Finn Russell all you want in this game. Like, the pack got the shit kicked out of him, and they conceded so much. So like. They conceded so many penalties. So what are you going to do? Like it's not on Russell. I I would say as well that if you look at if La Rochelle are looking to move on from Finn Russell, that or from uh, uh, Hastoy, that gives you a, an idea as to how difficult it is to sign somebody who can run a team at the elite level at ten. Like like that shows just shows how difficult it is because Hastoy was very very highly rated, and if they are looking to move on from him, like that would give you an idea as to as highly rated as that guy is hasn't worked out to the level that they expected so it's a good a good illustration as to how difficult it is to actually sign a top class 10 in the modern era I think Leinster looking at Gloucester this weekend though um, 
I think Leinster will look at this game as a really good opportunity to put another statement out. And I wouldn't be too surprised to see a couple of guys come in that weren't involved last week. Like just one or two players just to kind of, I suppose, flex a little bit on their depth and show like that they have the that they have the depth to come in and still do a job and kind of get a few guys getting European level. I don't mean a whole lot, don't get me wrong, maybe two-ish, you know, but uh, I, I don't see past the Leinster win against Leicester anyway this weekend either, to be I honest be with you. Um, I'd be stunned. shocked. Stunned if they if they were to lose this game. I think this is one of those games where Leinster it wouldn't be considered a hugely serious game for them. I think this is a game that Leinster win in their sleep. Uh, I think that they look to bring, like you said, yeah, I, I I think they'll bring in a good number of fellas to come in because I think that they'll feel they can bring in almost to the verge of swapping out large swathes of the team. That they'll keep a couple. I think the midfield will stay more or less as is. They'll keep elements of that front five there. They will swap out guys for this game because they know they have to rest guys. And this game here is probably as 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 straightforward for them as they could hope for at this stage in the season. Because Gloucester are pretty good. I don't think they'll have anything for Leinster here. Yeah, Gloucester are a mid-tier premiership team, really. And someone of Leinster's quality will walk through them. Um, maybe Maybe not as badly as they did the Bath. Last year, but um, oh, they're, they're, going, they're, going to, they're going to win handy enough. Um, in terms of the the injuries, I think they're talking um, Sexton and Furlong are potentially back in uh, contention for selection. Um, they didn't seem to pick up too many injuries um, in the, the game in France the weekend. It's, it's very hard to see beyond a, a strong bonus point win for Leinster at home. Yeah, I think I'd a bonus point win is that. I'm going to go with a bonus point win, but also kind of salt the art a small bit and saying anything less than 50 points would have to be a disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> that old school shit housing. It's three Excellent. for Leinster. Three for Leinster. Move on then to uh, Connacht, uh, who beat Newcastle 22-8 on Saturday evening. Um. Connacht fans don't seem to be overly happy with the win and the fact they didn't get the bonus point out of it. But uh, a solid win at home in the Parker Penn Shield um, for Connacht. Some uh, good performances from Connacht. I think they have they were missing quite a few players. They'd rested the likes of Aki, Carty, um, and those got Hawkshaw playing at 10, Adam Byrne. Sort of came in for his. Uh, I think that was his first start for Connacht, wasn't it? Who his first starts? Uh, Adam Byrne. Uh, I think it was his first start. Yeah, scored a great yeah. try. Scored a lovely try. So I think they've they've got something out of it. There, um, you know, they they'd rest as I said. They'd rested a lot of players. They've got what they needed out of it. They've got a, a home. They've got a home win. Move on from that, and they'll they'll go away to to breathe. Um, in relatively good shape, depending on, on which of those players they decide to, to bring back. Um, what did you make of the game, Jeff? Uh, Connacht were well in control. And I think fans and players will be a little bit annoyed they probably didn't get a bonus point. But it, it, it was amazing that that headbutt on Blade on the ground didn't get picked up by a TMO or anything like that. Did you see it? That was something out of the UFC. Like, it was wild. <laughs> like, it reminded me, it was a backies both on... Uh, Justin Marshall or back in the day do you remember the back of the head and he just went yeah. and I know it wasn't it was nowhere near as aggressive as that but you still can't do it at all like um, but I was amazed that didn't get picked up and that probably affords Connacht you know a kick to the corner or something like that and a chance for a, a bonus point try but I mean that's all shoulda woulda coulda whatever that's been cited since but I mean Connacht were well in control they had more possession they had more carries they had more meters um, more defenders, like far more defenders beaten. They had more line breaks. Like Newcastle didn't make a single line break in that game. Uh, Connacht were, in terms of, you know, defense, they were very comfortable defensively. Um, Newcastle didn't stress them too much either. They only had to make 111 tackles, like compared to almost twice that for Newcastle. So, I mean, they, they had more turnovers. One, they kicked a lot. Um, so, like, overall, I felt they were very much in control. But something I'd question and it's something we've probably questioned before is their execution inside in the 22 and like Connacht should have won by more I think 
in, in my own opinion. But I mean, if it's the first game of Europe and you're now going on to Breve next week, who Breve got absolutely pumped there last weekend. Um, you know, they, they are in a good place going away to Breve. And I know Breve were away from home and there's that whole French team away from home. Like, you know, do they bother kind of a thing? But I don't know. I think Connacht, I said it last week, Connacht were in a good place going into this competition. I think it's the right competition for them to really challenge. And, you know, they showed that last week against Newcastle. They were well in control. Um, good performances. They've guys coming back in now. I think Mac Hansen's either back this week or is it next week? I'm not too sure, but he'll be a big addition coming back in as well. Um, but yeah, they weren't stressed too much. They were well in control. Probably should have won by more, which is the only kind of caveat I suppose I have there. Yeah, I didn't see this game at all. And there you are. I didn't see there a second is. of it. There it oh, is. I bar the headbutt. Bar the headbutt. <laughs> well, and the thing about the headbutt is it's once once you actually see the, the clip on social media is the what you call it, the assistant referee is standing right there as right he does. There, yeah. What is he looking at? <laughs> yeah, and he actually leans in and tells him to get off him. It's like he waves the flag in front of his face and sort of says, you know, stop that now, please. And then there's no because you own headbutt him, please. Yeah. <laughs> that was the worst part. I think it's like it's like one of those things you don't deal with because you don't want to deal with the paperwork or something afterwards. You know? it's yeah, just like, it's like it's just like no. stop that. And it's like he headbutted me. Well, I didn't see that now, but uh, I'm gonna <laughs> move he? on. Did he though? Yeah. <laughs> we all have those things at work, don't we? We just pretend you don't see it, and you're like, not my problem. But uh, no, that had to be called. Like I don't know how it wasn't at the time, but. Yeah, I, look, as I say, I think it's a good win for Connacht. They've they've got their their win at home. They go away. They've they've also managed to rotate the squad a little bit. They've had the likes of uh, Hawkshaw, and Burns coming back. If who else was playing? Kilgallen, um, Samilo, um, you know, even the likes of Colm Riley coming off the bench from at nine, things like that. It's those sort of performances, those sort of um, rotation of players that they maybe didn't have enough of last year when they were going into the the Heineken Cup and, and playing those games, they they didn't have the opportunity to rotate and bring those players in. So it's a it's a big thing for them. Away to Breve, Breve as you said, lost forty one nil away to Cardiff. Um, they haven't been going well in the top fourteen. I think they've only got two or three wins. For Tell the entire this. season. Tell me this. Did Sam yeah. Arnold and Abraham Papaili did they join Breve? Yeah, they're over. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Along with along with the oh there was a there's a third guy, the Simone prop. Oh yes, I know the fella. Can't yeah. do the name now. Um but that was um so I mean there's there's a potential for that. I mean Sam Arnold typically tends to play well against teams who he used to play for. So I mean that could be something for this game, something it, it, assuming he plays. Um that could be an interesting one. I don't think Sam Arnold's going to win the game on his own, though. And it's it's nice that, you know, he gets to play against Connacht and everything like that, but I don't think he will. And then Abraham Papalihi, if he plays as well, I think I said as much when he was with Connacht, like, doesn't exactly... Yeah, he's not life-changing as a player, you know? He's not... Um, he's, he's not going to be the winning and losing of this game either, I don't think. So, uh I think it should be a hefty win. I think I I don't think it will be hefty because it's the way in France, etc. Um, but actually, we're in Connacht, the first team, the first province to ever get a win in France in a European competition. Am I right in saying that? I don't know why that's coming to me now, and I also don't know why it's relevant. But anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. But uh, I think I think that um, yeah, I think it'll be a Connacht win. I don't think it'll be hefty. I think it might be like you know, a bit comfortable. Like, I think they'll be in control a good bit, but I don't think it'll be a hefty win. But certainly a kind of One thing is for certain, though, is that I will not be watching this game. Why is that, Tom? Because I hate Connacht. You hate Connacht. Well, not only that, it's, it's not actually on TV. I think you your swimming pools, your swimming pools are fiber too deep. They're too deep, those swimming pools. First province to win in England smaller. and France in the same season as well. Thank you for that, Kaylon. Appreciate it. He's on the ball down I here. I totally just cut off Tom, whatever he was talking about swimming pools. I was like, Nothing important. 
Not important. Not important. Only the big money draw in this podcast, <laughs> which is <laughs> my swimming lessons. <laughs> Me not listening or looking at the Connacht game is very popular in this chat. It's yeah. happened more than once. So yeah. I can understand why. Okay, so you're going for a Connacht win, Jeff. What about you, Tom? Bonus point, Connacht win. That's three for Connacht. Three for Connacht. You're never going to catch up if you keep going for the same teams as his own. Sure, yeah, I'm the one, I'm the one in last. Yeah, I know, but you don't take yeah. it seriously. It's kill, <laughs> kill zone. You, you kill don't zone. count time. <laughs> you don't you count, don't count time, You're too time. busy bullshitting around. Oh, you didn't even watch. He's even dismissing watch the you already. You're... You didn't even watch the games. No. <laughs> that's how he didn't. That's how seriously he takes it. You'll have to tell me now whether or not I whether or not I got it right this next week. <laughs> but no. He'll have to tell us what, what teams we actually picked because we don't listen back to it either. So that's, <laughs> that's why he just changes I feel, everything. I feel you're calling me a liar when I'm not lying. You Just just because you didn't pick a single winner out of four games last week, don't get take at me, please. Thank you. Not my fault. It gets, it gets far testier right. when we're off when we're off air. <laughs> it's the Dan, Dan McFarland level of abuse. <laughs> What's the next game up? Oh, is it, well, my, is it my beloved Munster? Oh, it's Ulster. No, no, we'll have to wait for that. It's Ulster. Uh, sales 39, Ulster nil. Um, not a lot to really say. Positive. I, I watched this. I watched this game. And you could just tell early on that it wasn't going to work out for Ulster. I just felt there. Ulster are kind of at their best when uh, they're an on-ball Bald. team. Do you know? I feel they're at their best when they're able to hang on to the ball for relatively long sequences of play. I thought Sale stuffed them early, physically. Like, that Sale pack is big. Like, they have some big dudes in that pack. And I think that kind of knocked Ulster early, and they didn't really have much to go back to. I think Ulster's kicking game is something that is... I would say an, an, an issue for them, like they will beat plenty teams without having an elite level kicking game. But I think when they come up against sides who they give up a bit of size to, like Sale, for example, and maybe La Rochelle this weekend as well, they'll need to kick much better. And they badly miss John Cooney. Um, and I think it shows that Ulster are building a quite a, like a, a really good squad. But I think halfback is still an issue for them both 9 and 10, because like uh, Nathan Doak is a great young player, but still raw in some aspects of, of, of his game, far from complete. I think he will be, but um, yeah, it was just, it was distressing enough to watch actually this game as it went on, because Ulster just started to look so unlike the Ulster that we've been seeing over the last number of years. It was, it was a little bit distressing in that regard. It was, I felt incredible. I, yeah, I was going to say incredible in what way like to see such a demolition sorry I think my internet broke down there a second Um, to, to see a demolition in such a way to be honest with you to be nil it's their first nil ever in Europe it's their first nil in any game in 14 years since 2008 or 9 2008 against the Astros yeah good yeah. good god like that's yeah but like and a like lot of people you, were um, quick was, to link so, that Leinster game to it yeah I I I don't know. I think it's two very different games. Like you look at Leinster, they blew what an eighteen point lead in a forty minute period. They really took their foot off the throw, kind of a thing. But if you, for me, like I think, I think there's a there is a context there as well. And I know it's professional sport and everything like that. But six hours before kickoff, also we're still in a different country. Like you're, you've guys flying to Birmingham, you've guys flying to Liverpool, and I'm not making excuses or anything like that. I'm just saying, like people are human as well. And like we've all been on games or been to games where it's an away game. You've been in the car for two hours. You get out, you have a warm up, whatever. You're like, geez, I'm tired, etc. And I know this is professional sport. But at the end of the day, six hours before the game, they're still trying to get out of the country. Like like it does, ha it does play a part. And I don't care how professional you are. At the end of the day, you're only human. And like if it even reduces you by 3% against the size of a team like Sale, like they're that's enormous. still enormous. To get the living fuck kicked out of you. Yeah. 
and I, what I what I like it wasn't it was a terrible result. Don't get me wrong, but like I saw some comments online saying like um you should refund Ulster fans for traveling over or uh there was some calling for McFarland's job and stuff like that, which I thought was mad because you look at what he's built over the last five years. Like he's enticed the likes of Stephen Kitchoff to sign for Ulster. Like he's brought Dwayne Vermeulen over. Look at the retention he's had across the squad. Like it's yeah, you can you can look at the last hundred and twenty minutes of rugby and say, okay, it's been sixty four ten or something like that, or sixty four seven. I I think that that was the the aggregate score over the second half of Leinster and, and the 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 sales game. Sorry, I forgot who they played for a second. But like it's um it's there is a context I think to the sale game that has to be brought in it's not like they had you know they arrived the night before had a good captain's run and I know Leinster didn't have a captain's run and stuff and were late as well but they still had a good night's sleep and they had a a, a morning where they could build up to the game as per yeah, usual like they had a full morning run up to yeah. the game yes yeah. the day before was disruption and you know there's a lot of talk about that do you still get it, to sleep in a bed and you wake up and you're, yeah. you're there and you have a calm morning and everything like I think like people are losing sight of the fact that Ulster are also human and a lot of the traveling fans that went over would have had a much calmer morning than any player or staff member had that exact same morning too and like you, you can see then how the game will start to get I, away from you especially if you're getting slapped about the place like you know like the game can get away from you very very quickly especially when one or two things don't work you've got a couple of sequences you go to they don't work then they score you're chasing the game you're starting to concede penalties off the ball it's it's a difficult thing to recover from in the context of the game as well. I mean, they won't be looking to make excuses, but it had to play a factor. I I think it goes back. You, were, you you mentioned it there that people are linking it back to the Leinster game. It goes back a lot further than that. If you, if you look at the stats that are there, Ulster somehow are still top of the disciplinary chart in the URC. So they're the best. Um, record in terms of penalties conceded and things like that. The last four games, uh, starting going back to Zebra, 13 pens and a yellow card. Munster, 13 pens, two yellow cards. Leinster, nine pens, two yellow cards. And Sale, 16 pens, one yellow and the Warwick challenge, which should have been either a yellow, the minimum, or a red. Should have been so red. The mo- yeah, been it should have been red. Right. So you're, you're talking an average of 13 penalties and about one and a half cards in the like last the f- four games. The first six games, though, they didn't have a card, and yeah. I think their penalty concession wasn't that bad. So, like, so, like yeah. what what kind of happened but, there? So you, you go back to the zebra game; it's four games ago. That's that's where this started in, and it hasn't been addressed in terms. Now you can have a debate about whether the penalties conceded and the cards are either a a sort of the cause, or whether they're a, a sort of an outlier coming out of the fact that they're playing poorly. But the performances have dipped over those four games, and yeah. they're they're looking at us. They're looking at a situation now where they're going against La Rochelle at home, and they have to come from a game that it looks like they mentally checked out of during the game. Now, there's various factors that lead into that, as you said, in terms of their preparation and the travel and everything else, and there's stuff that can that has happened in the Leinster game before that. But now you're getting into a situation whereby they have to change things drastically. Something big has to happen this week that gets them up for this La Rochelle game and gets them back. Because if they can't, and it's not about necessarily a result, it's about a performance. If they can't get a decent performance against La Rochelle, then the real question marks are going to start. If they get get slapped up this week at home to La Rochelle, that then becomes quite an unpredictable situation as to how they start turning that around because the games don't they don't start getting any easier. Like they actually ended up having a sneakily incredibly tough group. And like Sale, um, La Rochelle, two huge teams. Um, that's a tough schedule. And like La Rochelle away from home, it's not at a point now where La Rochelle will be thinking, Oh, well, look, we'll just, you know, we'll you know, send a, a rotated side or whatever else because we've got our business done. We've got our games to plan for. Like, if they get a big win here, they're more or less qualified. So, like, seven this is a, seven points was enough last year for some teams to get into knockout rugby. Yeah, like it's. Uh, I, I think you look at Ulster. This is a a huge challenge. One of the biggest weeks I think in McFarland's time at the at the province. 
and they're they're facing a massive pack as well. And oh, if Skelton Jesus, plays, yeah, I huge. mean, I read a stat today that Skelton played in three out of the last four Heineken Cup finals and Champions Cup finals. He's a he's a big Jeez. game winner. Yeah, like he's just like if you were to think of a guy who you would want in your side who would help you win a game of rugby, it's Will Skelton. Like if you were facing an invading team of aliens and the fate of the earth was hanging in the winning of a game, they, maybe they challenge us to a game of rugby, right? You'd be yeah, like, why, why well, wouldn't it? That sounds like yeah, like we'll start, we'll we'll start Will Skelton in that game. Yeah, yeah. I know they're I know those guys have four arms, <laughs> right? And they, they've got they, two they Will Skelton. But they don't have Will Skelton. It's like Space Jam, is it? Is this the premise of Space it's Jam? It's a bit like Space Jam, but it's rugby. Or like Independence Day mixed with Space Jam, but it's rugby. You pick Will Skelton and pick his fucking brother at 10. <laughs> <laughs> so who are you going for? I'm going to go with La Rochelle. I'm going La Rochelle as well. I too am going La Rochelle. Ah, so he's gonna think he's gonna go for us there. There's a chance ah, to fucking pull back up. No, he's, I, I, he's I chicken it out now. A chicken out of what? Winning? <laughs> <laughs> you don't get to call someone chicken out when they're ahead. Or do I've you? Start, I don't I've know. Got to, I've got to start pulling hail mary picks here. Start getting back into this. Winners for jersey on. red. Jersey's red. <laughs> Oh, did you see Ulster playing Ealing? Ulster are playing Ealing Trailfinders. I'm going to go along to that game and kick off. Yeah, I thought we'd like that game. It's a nice road. mix between um, it's a nice mix between our real interest, which is the championship, and uh, and and and, and, and the, the, the provinces. Yeah. Would you rather fight a hundred duck-sized Will skeletons or one Will skeleton-sized duck? Absolutely, a hundred duck-sized Will skeletons. Yeah, that's like a bunch yeah. of a bunch of kids running around. This is like yeah. you telling me I couldn't fight one hundred kids and win. Get out of here! Those one kids have nothing for me. Like one kick would take out ten duck-sized will skeletons. Easy. Yeah, it's like bam, yeah. gone. Yeah. And you can easily run away, turn around, quick, run away, turn around, quick kick, run. Do you know my tactics? A will, a will skeleton sized duck would be pretty fucking terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. The Put him, yeah. pack him down next to Will Skelton. In that in that game against the aliens, <laughs> Will Skelton, and then wearing number five, a Will Skelton sized duck. <laughs> right, right that's good. Uh, yeah, that's we're gonna move on there. Yeah, straight for Larochelle, and then we have uh, last game of the, the weekend, which was Munster against Toulouse. Uh, Toulouse winning eighteen thirteen. Um, in a very foggy and cold uh, Thomond Park on Sunday afternoon. Um, some, I thought Munster continued their good performances of late. I think their their attack continues to evolve. Their defence, again, is relatively solid. But their, the thing that we, we've talked about a lot, and particularly towards the end of last year, um, is they lack size in the pack at times, particularly... Um, I think in in the front row, and it, it showed. Um, I think Graham Rowntree mentioned it in his um, post match uh, conference uh, press conference or was it interviews in the TV? I can't remember which. Where he said the difference was effectively the mall inside the sort of the the ten meters closest to the line on both ends. When Munster got up there, they couldn't dominate. They couldn't. Um, get an effective mall going and it, it stalled and when Toulouse took their chances when they got down close to the line they were able to score and at the end of the day that was the deciding factor in it Toulouse's first try was as good an exhibition you could ask for players to pay attention to the simple basic skill of catch pass that you'll ever see in your life literally Munster blitzed really really well and I think Jeez, I don't know how many times out of 10, but certainly the majority of times, like that blitz defense would have worked really well. But Toulouse's catch pass was sublime, absolutely sublime. And the last pass thrown kind of reminded me of the pass that Hugo Keenan threw, I think was it against Japan, and he threw it for Leinster there only a couple of weeks ago, where he just caught and just hit the ball into space. Um, but the I felt Toulouse only needed an opportunity. And straight away, bang, took it. And you're just kind of like, like Munster were really good first. Was it 
Toulouse scored maybe what 10, 15 minutes in. I can't even remember. Mm. It was about 20 minutes in. Was it that long in? But Monsters D was really good, like really suffocating, really putting Toulouse under pressure, really hunting them in defense, like. And then suddenly they get one opportunity, bang, straight away done. Um, so I, I felt they were really efficient there and really clinical. And what you said about them all, um, Owen, and uh, I know Graham is listening as well. So what Graham said about them all, it's Graham Roundtree. I see your eyes wondering. <laughs> <laughs> Owen, Owen was looking around. He's like, who the fuck is Graham? <laughs> um, I think what you said about them all is pretty much bang on. And it's, it's a really simple explanation, but, you know, sometimes that's what it is. It's just a really simple thing. Um, Toulouse kicked really well, put Munster under pressure. I felt Mike Haley was excellent in what was must have been an awful, horrible day for a fullback, seeing as you couldn't see four inches away from your face. Um, but, yeah, look, I think I'm probably rambling now, but I'm okay with it. If you told me that Munster would go 13-8 against Toulouse there after that draw in the Aviva. I think if you look at both situations, the draw in the Aviva, and I know they lost our melodies, that was at the end of a five-year build, whereas this is Christmas of year one. And like Munster could have won that game. I know they didn't, but they could have have won that game. And you look at it that way, like that's hugely encouraging. And I don't like the whole... Hugely encouraging, you know, people do it with Connacht and stuff. It can be quite condescending at times, you know, geez, didn't they do well, etc. But it is hugely encouraging that Munster did go toe-to-toe, got a losing bonus point, could have won the game, and it's four months in. Yeah, I, I think the way Munster approached this game was quite different from the game in the Aviva. And I think it shows how consistently Munster have been playing over the last... A couple of months, like since like there was elements of Munster's game here that you could see in that away loss to Cardiff and that away loss to Dragons. It's just that they stuck to it. They could have easily bottled out of that game plan and gone to a much more limited way of playing, but they didn't. Even here, Munster kept playing. They kept like trying to be expansive. They had to. Um, I, I think that when you look at Toulouse, they're just a real champion side. Like you look at the quality of the players they have, like how powerful they are, like the mall defense. I think Munster technically weren't great in elements of, their, of the mall defense, sure, but like lit, the literal size of that Toulouse pack were just colossal human beings. Like to an extent, you kind of have to keep Toulouse out of that area of the field. Like get, allowing them in there is already, you're already, already halfway to conceding a try if they're on your five meter line, given how big they are. Um, and I think that's something where Munster will need to add that to the team Going forward, they'll need to get size into the team. But look, I just think, look. Go on, say it. For, what? Oh, when you said, look, I thought you were going to say a fit orgy Snyman because you've said it like every week so far. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. When I, when I, I'll believe that when I see it. But like, I, I think that Munster are at a very early stage in the development of this group. You look at the players who are playing here who didn't start last time out. Uh, you know, you're looking at Calvin Nash, you're looking at John Hodnett, Craig Casey, Roman Salanoa. Um, like these these were all guys who either were on the bench last time out or didn't didn't feature at all. Like that would give you an idea as to where Munster are going from a developmental perspective. Um, but it's gonna take time. And like a loss is a loss, don't get me wrong. And Munster deserved to lose this game, I would say. Could have could have won it, but like to lose were better, I would say. Munster are still showing very well, given the radical change that happened at the start of the season and like literally how bad things were not that long ago. But to say, guys, if you said after that Zebra game, you know, geez, like that Munster side is going to push Toulouse really, really close in Thomond Park, you probably wouldn't have believed them. So I think that in itself is a good marker as to where Munster are going. But there's more to come, I think. All due respect to Zebra, though. They pushed Toulon 24-21 this weekend, which I certainly didn't see coming. So for the first time on this pod, I'm mm. going to say all due respect to Zebra. Well, you, don't, you, don't res- you don't respect Zebra's full stop. I right. thought, um, going back to what um, Tom was saying there about the monster attack, like it is coming, it is becoming more, you can see the patterns developing within it. 
you can see how they're they're running the stacks, they're running the late sweeps on it. It's coming through. I thought Toulouse themselves worked it out very well. They put so much pressure on the likes of Carberry and Frisch with the shooters in defence. So um, Dupont was shooting out and targeting Carberry, just hassling him on the as he came onto the line. And they had a shooter that was coming up and looked offside for most of the day. I don't think he was. But he was just putting pressure, stopping Munster getting to the edge. And they, they looked to shut it down. Munster still did quite well in terms of what they were trying to do with their patterns um, and how they did it. But it still wasn't enough. Um, I, I love that shooter in defence. It's something South Africa do really well. And they kind of give license to their nine to just load and shoot and kind of hunt. And it really puts pressure on the, or on, on the attack, I should say. But um, I felt Dupont was excellent. And even considering he got that yellow card, which nearly wasn't a yellow card, by the way, um, until the howls were heard from the biggest attendance at a European game this weekend. Just dropping that in there. Um, <laughs> seat watch. <clears throat> seat watch. But, um, Not that you could see any seats anyway. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> One of the lads sent me a video from his seat, right? And he's sitting in the chair and it's just fog. And as he zooms in and as he zooms in, you see kind of a silhouette of someone. And he was like, this is my view. Like, this is what, <laughs> this is what I came to watch. <laughs> um, but uh, no, I, I, I like that. Sorry. I, I, I digressed. Um, digress, yeah. yeah, I digress there. No, that that shooter, I think it's something you see a lot of now if you're looking out for it. But that nine just kind of giving license and defense to, to shoot up at times, I think it works really, really well. Yeah, I think. Look, um, the news has come in yesterday about John Ryan yeah. last night. John Ryan to the Chiefs. I thought John Ryan had a fantastic game at Playdead um, on Sunday. The fact that he was able to hold the scrum so well it wasn't going backwards um you could you could put a spirit level on his back during all those scrums and it was it was going to show it level he was not budging within that and he's going to be a serious loss for Munster from that his experience his scrummaging ability um I don't I don't doubt that the likes of Salanoa and Knox have potential in the future be very good but the right here right now I I would worry from Munster slightly going into the return leg against Toulouse. Um, I certainly, I would certainly wouldn't be um, judgmental of John Ryan taking that move to the Chiefs, though. Like some members of the media have been, like, what an unbelievable move! Of course, to get to, go, I mean, to, get to move to New Zealand and and to play. But uh, I do, I do know what you mean. He will be last scrummaging. I think there was a couple of scrums now in that game. Like there was one that was given against Lachman, and watching it. I was kind of like, there's no way Lachman was at fault for that for that scrum. Like, absolutely no way. But that swings and roundabouts, isn't but it? His, but his it elbow is was is. pointing down. There was one I saw there uh, later in the game where Josh Richardy kind of was under massive pressure, but you could see he was actually making a deserted effort to keep his elbow up like that, even though he was kind of losing the engagement. Yeah, to paint no, a picture. No, no penalty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, it's, just, it's, it's ridiculous. But it is what it is. It swings and roundabouts, isn't it? Like, And if... You know, I, I'm sure on the other side of the coin, if he had won a scrum villainty, he shouldn't have won. You know, we'd be celebrating that. So it is I'd what be, it is. I'd be, I'd be fuming. <laughs> I would be raging at the injustice of it. <laughs> I mean, the the other set piece is like Munster started well and Scannell, his line out throwing was very good. But when it switched over to Barron, things went awry again. And that's that's something Munster have to address. Yeah, he had one squint line out that he threw when he came off the bench. With his cold little thingies. They were frozen, so they were. Couldn't get but the purchase in the ball. That's been, uh, and not picking on Barron, because I think he, he is developing into a very, very good player. That's been a common theme for Munster over the last few weeks, and particularly with Barron and some of his throwing. That it, it, he has been called for wayward throwing quite a bit. If you think back to the Edinburgh game and things like that, um, you know, it's it's been there. It's It deprives Munster of a platform. To attack from I think with Munster in the front row with, with John Ryan in particular I don't know like Munster offered him a deal to stay at the end of the season uh, I think he's on a longer term deal to go to the Chiefs where it's the end, at the end of their season so it's a huge opportunity for him personally so he made a choice between the two offers I think looking at how Roman Salanoa scrummaged in this game as well when he came on by the way against Cyril Boy thought he did really well um, 
I think for Munster, the key is to stick with the developing of the younger players that they were doing. Salanoa, Knox will be back soon. I think there's short-term pain to be had there for longer-term gain. So I think that Munster would have liked John Wayne to stay. They obviously offered him a contract. But I think it's just one of those ones where how much realistically do you throw at John Ryan in a limited budget environment to keep him around? It's, it's, it's kind of the same equation as last time out, you know, like how much realistically do you pay there? Not to mention when John Ryan probably came back on the market after, after the Wasp situation, Munster's budget's already planned as well. So you're looking for money. It's not like at the start of a season when you're looking for a brand new signing or whatever. It's a case of, well, we've actually budgeted everything already. We only have a set amount. Yeah, and they had a bit extra this time around because, you know, it's an emergency signing or whatever else. And they had a little bit extra on top of that again, but didn't work out. And like for John Ryan, like you're looking for security at this stage, you know. I think he gets a longer deal at the Chiefs. The end of their season goes on a little bit longer. So um, it's a huge, like what an opportunity. Oh, it's, so, it's so cool, isn't it? Yeah. You know, unbelievable. Like, kind of, do you know like uh, Conan O'Donnell, he used to play with Connacht. He played with the Sunwolves. He played with um, Highlanders. He was playing. Um, what's he's what's the name? To, what's the name of the club? Ma- ma- he's gone to Major League Rugby now. Isn't yeah, he? he's gone over to Toronto now as well. Um, so, like, I mean, these opportunities. I think professional rugby offers you these chances that not a lot of well, not my employment or Tom's employment. The Wolf of Wall Street overs after France. Oh to, yeah, he's to, off to, to France. dance around Paris, but. Um, <laughs> You know, Booking out a lot of fonts that they couldn't play. <laughs> for the rest of us peasants, you know, who uh, who have to work in one situation, in one in one in situ, I should say. Like it's an unbelievable opportunity for him, like, you know, to get to go over to New Zealand and play ball over there. And like if like what what probably people don't realise as well is like it could well change his life. Like there's every there's every opportunity that he could go over to New Zealand, like you know, get chatting to someone, get offered a business opportunity, whatever it is, like he might never move home. You know, it's, it's as simple as that, like, but it, it comes from the initial opportunity and people giving out like, oh, he should be, or Munster should have sewn him up till the end of our season. I mean, it's a potentially life-changing opportunity for John Ryan, like for post-rugby as well. So, I mean, it's they should a, have locked it's a, him it's into a the gym. bigger picture. Yeah. <laughs> locked him into the gym and just threw burgers in under the door. Eat them and work out by, would you? <laughs> you just at night time, you think the HPC is haunted, just all <laughs> <laughs> you're hearing is just like screaming and then the odd kind of like metal thumping off the floor. It's just like you just can't stop working out by. <laughs> I think that's called uh, is that kidnapping? Forcing, you know, yeah, I think that is kept technically yeah. it would be kidnapping, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty <laughs> I'll sure have che- I'll have to check with the legal team there, on yeah, that yeah, yeah. Let me get back to you. I think it's illegal, not a hundred percent, but think it's illegal. Um, okay, so moving on then to Munster's game. This is playing Sunday lunchtime against Northampton Saints. Northampton lost 46 12 away to La Rochelle. Um, who are we going for in this one? I'm going are for Munster. Are, are you serious? My beloved monster every time. I I'm never. It. I'm. I'm <laughs> I said it first. <laughs> I love them more. No, but uh, I. I. I think that Saints are a good side. They're actually quite a good attacking side as well. They didn't get to show that against La Rochelle, obviously. Maybe it, towards the end they did, but for Monster, this is actually a pretty big game. Like, if Monster lose this game, then I think it's it's really uphill battle stuff to qualify for the knockouts. Um, so Munster need to win this game, but I, th- I think they can. I think this will be less of a physical challenge in the same, in, in the way that Toulouse was. Not to disregard uh, Northampton's physicality because they've got you know Courtney fucking Laws playing for them, but like you look at the the challenge Munster will have this week physically, I think is far more attainable, and I think that this could actually be a really high scoring game. A lot of good tries scored here, I think. Um, Seventy fucking nil Munster. <laughs> If I was playing against Courtney Laws, any pass that even looked like it was remotely too high or remotely behind me, I'm like, I'm leaving that. I am not touching yeah, that. Yeah, leaving ball. that. Yours. Because yeah. I'm just. The last thing you want to do is sniper. expose the ribs. Yeah. Do, yeah. do do one of those flappers. You know where the ball's going after. You're just gonna go like. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> don't don't even lift your hands because that exposes uh, the ribs. <laughs> my 
your elbows are just tucked all day. It's literally catch pass, elbows in, and if if any ball is outside the reach of your forearms, forget about it. I'm not touching it. If you happen to be in his channel, just kind of get into the fetal position. <laughs> and just beg for mercy. Or do you know in the NFL when quarterbacks just throw the ball away just to, to kill <laughs> yeah. the pass? <laughs> nope, not my problem. <laughs> There'll always be that, like you all it always shows up on those fucking dodgy, and it seems like the quality of the clip gets worse every time I see it. But you see him always that that shot he put on somebody. I think it was a French 10. And yeah, I know the one you're on about, yeah. Yeah. Where he just absolutely pretzels your man. And it's just like if I'm that guy, like, as in, it's like, that's your literally your nightmare. Like, of like, your mother says, don't play rugby or you'll get hurt. And you're just like, it doesn't hurt as much as it looks, man. And then you go and you, you, you play a test rugby against Courtney Laws and it's like, yeah, actually, it does hurt that bad. It did look actually worse. It, it felt worse than what it looked. <laughs> and it looked horrible. <laughs> Who are you going for on? I, I go Monster as well. I think Monster can get a, a narrow win. Three for Monster, but that's what I like to see. So we all went for the same four teams this week. Yeah. So there's no change in scores. Yeah. No change in scores. Yeah. <laughs> Looks like I'll be still ahead next week. Well, he'll probably extend this lead by next week. Well, I won't because I don't cheat. I don't need to. Yeah. I don't he gets extra to. points for every Reese Ruddock he writes on that little <laughs> sheet of paper. I have. I Freeze Rudder written like five times. And oh, I you've even got a cool box around one of them. <laughs> I do. I doodled the box. When Tom was talking about swimming, I just doodled I the love Reese I love <laughs> you you should, Just put it, you should draw his face. Draw his face. <laughs> draw his face, Jeff. On the sheet of paper. Go on. Uh, I don't want to. I do it. No. <laughs> draw his big face. <laughs> I've even written his name in different handwriting and everything. Like I don't know try, why. Try it with your left hand. <laughs> I just saw his Miss, name on Mrs. the page. This is Jeff Brother. So I started again. <laughs> I don't know why. This is right. Uh, we'll wrap it up there, folks. Thank you very much for listening to our ramblings and for supporting the podcast. Please do rate and review the podcast to whatever platform you listen, as it really helps. And also be sure to share the podcast on social media. Hope you have a good week, and the three of us will be back next week to chat again. That was a big old breath in between, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs>